George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Rush. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. This is Daddy's Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Dake. And this week, you have the pleasure of getting the Cam and Gabe show. Gabe, welcome in, buddy. A little throwback to the uh, fantasy football season, right, Cam? No doubt, man. No doubt. So, uh, Zach is getting ready for this little thing called his wedding, um, and so he couldn't pod with us this week, uh, which part of me is like, yeah, I guess that's understandable. Part of me is like, man, no dedication to the craft, but whatever, man, whatever. Um, also, um, on that note, like, what is your bet that he is actually helping with wedding stuff right now or that he's watching the Celtics and the Clippers. Like, what do you like? Where do you put the odds? And I don't like. He can say that he's helping, but like, what could he actually be doing? You yeah, know, like... yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I will. Uh, I, I guess I'll take the approach of kind of both sides. I definitely understand. Like uh, the week of my wedding, I was like, "Hey, I don't want to overbook myself just in case something needs to happen." But also the week of my wedding, like I definitely wasn't doing anything. Um, my wife was doing like, it. Yeah. Like an emotional support kind of like you, he she's there maybe they're like looking through the amazon registry or something but like even if the basketball game's on in the background at least he's like fully attentive yeah his yeah future wife the attention she deserves yeah i figure like i don't always support zach but this is probably one week out of uh out of our friendship that i could that i could back him and support him so i'm, I'm gonna get his back on this one Hey, that's a uh, a positive note to start the pod on, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, maybe we're just taking taking strides as podcast hosts. So, uh, <laughs> or as uh, as men, like <laughs> yeah. growing up, becoming more mature, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah, so. We're talking nah, about fake basketball, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like taking time out of our week to actually do this, but <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, it's our creative outlet. That's right. So, hey, Gabe, this was actually. Um, I mean, I mean, it was pretty cool, like, NBA week, uh, but it was a big week for our league. Like, we had, uh, I think, more trades than we've had uh, at any point during this whole season. Um, we kind of had a little rush on a, on the end of, our, of being able to trade our picks, and so had a lot of movement on that end. We had a little NBA movement uh, with our team specifically that we'll get into a little bit. Um, so... Kind of an exciting week. Uh, did anything stand out really? to you in this week? Um, just that after the movement all happened, all of our matchups were either ties or 5-3 was the biggest blowout. And so, like, every matchup was really, really close. And so I think that speaks not only to the competitive of the, the league, but even the ones who are, are punting this year, still putting up fights and uh, 
like Camden's team who was at the at the bottom for a little bit is getting Carl Anthony Towns back and like it's making for an interesting uh post all-star break period because there's still quite a bit of basketball to be played so um yeah I just think that was probably what stood out to me the most was the result of all of the changes in fantasy how they uh how they affected this week's matchups yeah similar to kind of what we uh highlighted last week is Really, we still have about half of the NBA season left. <clears throat> I know this week, uh, the second half of the NBA schedule was released for all of the teams. Um, we got all of our uh, NBA All-Star um, reserves, as well as like kind of the snubs. And so, um, a, a lot of things happening, but we still are only about like halfway through the season. Um, so lots of basketball to be played. How um, how uh, how mad are you about Shea getting snubbed one to ten? So what's interesting? So not I'm not mad. Like I was pretty much expecting that Shea really? would would not get an All Star spot. I think what I was more mad about is like he didn't even get an All Star snub spot. So like he was <laughs> he was snubbed from the snubs, bro. That's that's what I was <laughs> more mad about. I yeah I thought he definitely should have been at least in consideration and I actually think like um like he he's going to be someone who makes the all-star game multiple times uh just if he especially like the way that he's built um on his game the last season and a half I guess mm -hmm. like he's just he's going to be a special player so this is this is a great transition we'll just go ahead and transition into our teams and I'll start with the thunder but uh Sam Fasini, he's a writer for the Athletic, and he is uh he he's he's very well known in the NBA community as I believe he has a podcast, but he's more of like a writer, um like an NBA writer, and he's uh held in a high regard just on like the national level. Um, he's not a Thunder guy at all, but he came out with a rankings of top top fifty players under the age of twenty five. And uh, I was I was pretty excited to see kind of where the Thunder players would land on this list. I, I wasn't sure exactly where everyone would be. Um, mm -hmm. But actually, Shea ended up being the only person on that list. Um, so I was a little surprised Dort didn't make the list. Um, but putting aside that point, Shea landed as number six on his wow. list. Um, number five was Donovan Mitchell. So he was right behind Donovan Mitchell and he was actually ahead of Trey young, who was number seven. Interesting. Um, and so that, that was really interesting because like, that's a national writer, right? Like I listen to a lot of thunder people. Um, and, and you just always have a tendency to be biased towards your own team. Um, just cause that's probably who you watch the most. Uh, and who you hold on to but this is from like a national writer who like doesn't have a bias towards my team or towards my players and he he had him ahead of trey young which i just thought was like super interesting um yeah. and i think if you if you asked that question at the beginning of the season it would have looked ridiculous of like who would you rather have of trey young or shea gilgis alexander but it's just like a testament to how good shea has been this season no, um, for sure. I, without Shea Gilgis Alexander, I don't know that the Thunder have even won a single game this year. <laughs> I like legit. Like that's that's not even. It's it reminds me of uh, not in the same way, but when we were gonna talk about the Rockets. Honestly, the only Rockets update I have 
is how good is James Harden? Like, <laughs> he elevated this team to a level that, like, I mean, it's it's just unfathomable. Yeah. The, like, whole, and I know that Christian Wood isn't healthy, and, uh, like, the DeMarcus Cousins situation went kind of poorly, and uh, Victor Oladipo and John Wall have been uh, in and out of the lineup, and, you know, like, it's not a, it hasn't been a perfect season, but just the like like last night james harden had 15 assists and zero turnovers like how good is james harden like that's that's the only update i have we're retiring his number also yeah. by the way which i think is great cool. move yeah great yeah move. <laughs> even with how it ended like that that yeah. it was necessary it had to be no, done you you owe I the agree. respect to james harden for everything he did for the city so but uh, in 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 the same fashion, we've lost twelve straight, and so yeah. I think it, it, it would be an interesting question if you could remove Shea from all of the Thunder games. What what's the resulting record of that team? Well, it's interesting because we did actually go like I don't know four or five games at least uh, without him. W- without him, and I think we won two or three and beat a couple okay. of, of big teams. Uh, I I do think I, I kind of highlighted this again last week, but. I do think there's that element of teams not taking us seriously, especially like the bigger teams um, where we just surprise people with how hard we play. Um, But I I don't remember which coach it was. Uh, I like club basketball team. Come on, swinging people in the mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Group of white guys that can just shoot the lights out of the building. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. (laughs) We'd always surprise people in college. Um, You know, but for this Thunder team, I I forget which coach it was. Um, But basically one of the opposing coaches was just saying, like, like OKC has become a trap game for us, right? Interesting. uh, So I I think opposing teams are starting to take notice of just, like, we're not overly talented. Like, I've been impressed by some of our young guys, but overall we're not overly talented outside of Shea. Um, we just play so hard, uh, which is which is awesome. I, I love winning some of those games. We had a Lou Dort game winner this week. That was super <laughs> exciting. Like that was so that so was cool. Losing to Lou Dort on a game winner. Nah, man, it was so dope. <laughs> and like that guy works so hard. He deserves no, he everything does. he gets that he's that's he coming does. to him. But um, I do think it's starting to like leak a little bit of like, hey, we need to take the Thunder a little bit more seriously than we have been. So. My, my yeah. hope is that that is the case going forward the rest of the season because as fun as like some of these wins have been i do know ultimately like it it kind of hurts us in the long run like we need as high as a pick as we can get like i love that our team plays hard but this team needs talent um and you get talent by getting top picks in a draft so sure i but uh, yeah, I've said before, it's just like if you can build confidence, I think confidence and the uh, top draft pick capital go hand in hand. I, and so if you can find yes, a balance, exactly. You know. I would love to lose every single game from here on out by one point, you know, like uh, like let everybody hit game winners on us because it's like, man, you you played hard, you were competitive, you were right there, but then like ultimately you lost. So, um, yeah, I feel that. So that I, I could give a little bit more of an update on like the younger guys, but I'll I'll save that because I think I think like you said, Shea deserves so much credit for just everything he's done this season. Yeah, I also really I also want to like give a little bit of a shout out to CP3, um, just because I think he's instilled a culture in OKC that like that he began 
you know, like it was a different culture with Russ here. And like, I love Russ to death. Um, but there, there was like a huge difference when CP3 took over as the leader. And you can just see Shay um, trying his best to like emulate that same leadership and that same culture of, yeah. you know, j- just like he's an unselfish superstar. Like he really is. He's on, he's on the verge yeah. of that superstardom, but he's hyper efficient. He shares the ball. He doesn't go out there and takes bad shots. Like he, he's everything you want out of a star. And like I just can't say enough to uh, the work that he's done over the off season, the work that he's done this year, um, to be such a great player, but still want to get all of his teammates involved. And I think that came directly from CP3, which is really cool. Chris Paul is actually another reason that I've moved my fandom to Arizona sports or or Phoenix sports because uh, the J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins reunion has made me now an Arizona Cardinals (laughs) fan officially, at least for the foreseeable future until Houston can figure it out. The curse of the uh, Astros is lifted because uh, that's, that's where it all started going downhill. Um, But yeah, no CP three, like even in Houston, like, like he he's he's like this uh this journeyman who like everywhere he goes he leaves like in a better place you know yeah. which is just such a such a tribute to the way that he plays the game of basketball and also to like the the person that he is too so 100% man long live long live the point god for sure <laughs> yeah. um so Zach is here with us in spirit. He uh, he did text me a, a little bit of an update on the Mavs. I don't want to spend too much time on the Mavs because having Zach off of the podcast is kind of nice. We don't have to hear about all of his uh, little crying about Mavs are treated unfairly, blah, blah, blah. But, but here's his little Mavs breakdown. Uh, he basically just said, Luca is a god. Uh, the 76ers are probably the worst possible matchup for this team. Uh, the Mavs just cannot match up with them. Uh, they were our daddy, quote. Uh, <laughs> Kristaps Porzingis played well versus the Nets. He was actually somewhat aggressive down low. And he says, which I would be interested, me and you need to talk about this, but Zach says, if this team is healthy, we're a top five team in the West. That's a big if, though. Um, and so let's like let's just stick there with the Mavs. I don't have too much other insight unless you have uh, more you want to get into. But, no. but let's debate this. Do we think that the Mavericks, if fully healthy, are a top five team in the West? No. <laughs> Do you? Uh, I'm I'm bringing up the conference standings right now because I yeah, just want to. So they're they're not better than the Jazz. They're not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Clippers. And then you get into like the, the that's the top three. Those are the title contenders. Those are like obviously I don't think that's who Zach was comparing it to. So then you get to the next kind of tier of teams. You have the Suns, the Trailblazers, and I'll put the Nuggets and and the Warriors there. Okay. I don't think they're better than the Suns and. With the trailblaze, it's been so long since we've seen CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic that I it, it's hard to really tell. So if he's saying they're better than the Trailblazers at this point, then I, I could I could see that. But I think the Nuggets have underperformed to this point. And um, if Steph Curry can like elevate his game to the level that he was playing at like two weeks ago, there was like a stretch of like two or three weeks where he was like 
MVP caliber and it's kind of fallen off a little bit, yeah. then I think that the Warriors and the Mavericks become very similar yeah. in, in, in like in, in terms of, of rankings. So I'll give him like top seven, but I don't think that they're like a no-brainer top five team in the West, even at full strength. Yeah, I have a top I have a tough time seeing top five. Um I just think we can't overlook the Suns and everything that CP3 has done with them. Uh, I am not as high on the Trailblazers just because they have so many injuries they're getting through, but like you said, the Nuggets is probably who I'm putting in that fifth spot. Yeah. Um, who, like you said, is underperformed, similar to the Mavs uh, up to this point. Um, sure. But we've seen the Nuggets do it uh, more consistently and, and yeah. prior. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I, th- I think this Mavericks team is destined for a play-in spot, to be completely honest with you, uh, like a seven or eight seed where they're going to have to win one out of uh, one out of three games against the nine or ten seed. Yeah. Um, and then they'll just kind of be like a spicy matchup in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I think they'll be a fun matchup. I, I mean, the playoffs are always like there's no bad teams, and so if you just catch somebody lacking, like there's always the chance that you can knock them off. Or if somebody has underperformed in the regular season and they're lower seeded than they should be, you know, like that's that's what teams are really hoping to do: just crawl in and try to make some noise in the playoffs. So, and, and the Jazz have the kind of the mantra of, of losing in the playoffs so it could be an interesting storyline if they end up playing in the first round if that's like where they're seated or if they play in do you uh do you think the jazz are for real uh yeah yeah i do i think we talked about it last pod but i i do i think that i mean they'll probably win the western conference wow and then we'll have okay. to see what happens after that but I don't see why what they're doing is not consistent. Because even, I mean, they, they've, my, you know, you have Mike Conley on your fantasy team, don't you? Yep. Yep, yep. So, you know, like, he's been in and out. And, like, even without, um, like, some of their pieces sometimes. Or Donovan Mitchell has an off night. Like, somebody else picks up the slack. You know, it's like they they have uh, the, the, the tools, I think, to continue to dominate. And so we'll have to see. I mean, come playoff time, you can wipe the record clean and see uh, see what they can do. But, yeah, I think they're, they're a really good team. Um, just really quickly before we move on, uh, I just want to, like, highlight the Eastern Conference. Um, the New York Knicks are an, a the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, um, which is just a crazy sentence to say after these last, True. like, what feels like 27 years with the New York Knicks. Um, I mean, they, they're one, they're only one game over 500. So let me see here. So they would actually be, uh, they'd be like the the eighth seed, honestly, eighth or ninth seed in the Western conference. Which that's a whole nother discussion with how terrible the Eastern conference is, but, uh, pretty neat what the New York Knicks have been doing. Um, for those that don't know, the 76ers currently have the number one seed, the Nets are two, Bucks are three, and the Knicks are four, followed by the Celtics, Raptors, Heat, and Hornets, all kind of rounding out the the eight, the top eight seeds. Um, 
And so yeah. I, again, like we've we've mentioned before, there's so much basketball to be played. Like <laughs> the Knicks could lose that very quickly, uh, but it is cool to see them kind of in the mix. And I think it's funny too that with Alfred Payton being out, Derrick Rose has been starting, and Tom Thibodeau, and uh, he's he's kind of playing Derrick Rose like the minutes that he did in 2011 <laughs> when he won MVP, and it's just hilarious because I think like in 2011 I was a sophomore in high school, like. <laughs> That was so long ago. Like we've done, I've done so much since then, and they just have this reunion. And I'm like, this is like if I put on my football pads and tried to go out and play wide receiver all over again. Like times have changed a little bit, but he's still like, nah, I'm gonna ride this guy <laughs> until the uh, the wheels fall off. And yeah, it's been working, but it's just like crazy to me to see that after all these years they're running it back and it's working. <laughs> if I have to talk about Tom Thibodeau anymore, I'm gonna go insane. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he can be a, uh, a a good coach, but frustrating at the same time when it comes yeah, to honestly, development. Honestly, I think I think he's what the uh, the Knicks kind of needed culture wise because he's got them playing really good defense, and like I think that he's instilled hope in that city that hasn't been there for a long time. But yeah, he has like probably the third place in rookie of the year, just sitting on the bench playing ten minutes a night. And like, what are you going to do? And then you have Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina and just so much, so much like, like potential on your bench, but you like play them even when you're up 20 points, you don't even, you know, they don't even get the game. So like, I don't know, ship them out. If you're not going to use them and trade for Andre Drummond or some other bet you trust more. Yeah. Shout out to Ramsey who was uh, on me last week for holding on to Emmanuel quickly. I, uh, <laughs> I did finally drop him. <laughs> um, just because, like, I I had held out hope that Tom Thibodeau would would you know play as good players, but nah, that would never happen. He just goes for the bets. It's opening up the uh, the Jay Sean Tate Rookie of the Year uh, campaign. I mean, Lamelo Ball already has it. I was down, gonna say, I just want to see his name on the ballot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's go ahead, Gabe. Unless you have, do you have anything else NBA wise? Uh, no, I'm good. Um, oh wait wait wait! i did okay last thing and uh throughout the season this is gonna be really interesting with houston being as bad as they are yeah uh it's gonna be get really really interesting with y'all having the uh the pick as a top four protected pick yeah um between the thunder uh... and the rockets (laughs) yeah we took a pretty unconventional approach to our rebuild it's gonna be uh it's going to be really interesting though because you know even if y'all 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 right now y'all are trying to get the the um worst record in the nba it appears i think you've lost mm-hmm. 12 straight games i don't even know if it's by choice we just are horrible <laughs> like we're actually so bad well what's interesting though is like even if you have the worst record in the nba that still only gives you um a 52% chance. Yeah, I saw that. 52, man. 52% chance of having a top four pick. So that's still like a coin flip of whether yeah. or not y'all are going to hold on to that pick. Um, yeah. And truly, like, the future of both of our franchises are kind of hinging on that pick. Um, right. I, I would say there's a lot more riding on that pick for you guys than for us. Um, yeah. But talk about, like, expediting a rebuild for the Thunder if we could somehow take that pick from y'all as like the number five pick in this loaded NBA draft and get like a, like a Jalen green or, or, or somewhere or somebody kind of along those lines, like 
that yeah. that expedites a rebuild really big and then talk about like setting y'all's franchise back another few years yeah. you know of, uh, of think, not getting your pick I, I do hope like in the coming weeks or, or months that we can kind of acquire some more assets for Oladipo or Eric Gordon or PJ yeah. Tucker like we have pieces that are not cornerstones of our like the like the future of our franchise like right now we have Christian Wood and maybe John Wall as like the future the foreseeable future of this franchise and so you keep those two guys and then you can still get value you can extract some value for some of the other players I think that there is uh like those those players have skill sets that other teams are are wanting and so I just hope that we can maybe get some assets to at least move in a direction so our rebuild is not just hinging on a coin flip or like it's not like the management and the coaching staff and the players see it one way but like the the performance on the court goes a different way and then you're just in this perpetual cycle of becoming the new york knicks for the next 20 years (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey how are we feeling about the uh, john wall and russell westbrook swap uh, I know, like, early on, it was like, man, John Wall looks really good and Russ is really struggling. Um, but yeah. the Wizards have turned it on kind of as as of late. Where are we at on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, John Wall is – I mean, he he's still uh, – I don't know. Like, he, he's still a good <laughs> player. I think that we can still – like, it's not as obvious. Russell Westbrook, to his credit, just played five games on a five-game week and like played pretty well i think the yeah. wizards went three and two this week so like like to his credit this was like the first week where he was really like back in full force and like he he's he even though he's like giving up usage to bradley beal and sometimes he's not <laughs> as efficient like i think that he's a he's still a like a quality nba star and so i don't know i think that it's not really fair to like assess this trade in a vacuum i think like moving forward it'll be interesting but i don't i don't mind having john wall and christian wood as the uh cornerstones of the future of this franchise so far cool cool um yeah let's go ahead we got we got a few trades to get into here as far as like from a fantasy perspective gabe um yeah. now correct me if i was gonna say oh, plus john wall is a little bit better of a three-point shooter which is nice <laughs> yeah I guess to go along with that, Russ has pretty much like stopped his three point shooting. Dude, he he's got to be so good. If he just never took a three. Yeah, he <laughs> he, he was. I don't know how the game went tonight, but but he was down to like less than two two three point attempts a game for the last Crazy. like ten days or something like that. So incredible. Yeah, like that. That's. That's a good thing. Anyway, enough about that. Let's go ahead and get into our fantasy league. Um, there were three trades, Gabe. Is that correct? That, yes. That kind of went down. So pulling mm-hmm. up our sleeper app here so that I have the picks involved with them. The The first trade that we're going to go over was between uh, Ramsey and Ryan. Um, and this trade, uh, let's see. So Ryan receives Nikola Vucevic um, and in return gives Ramsey, Josh Hart, and a 2022 second round pick. Um, Just like off the top, Gabe, what were your initial thoughts of this trade? 
Yeah, so uh, this was interesting. Ramsey's building not only for next year now, but the year after as well. Yeah. He's now added two additional picks in the first four rounds of the 2022 draft. So yeah. I thought that was interesting that uh, he's making moves that way. He's obviously valuing picks or, or seeing that maybe the rest of the league doesn't value picks the same way that he does and uh, taking advantage of that fact. Now, Ryan receives Vucevic, which um, he gives Ryan a boost in every single category, with the most notable <laughs> being points. Uh, he goes from 10 points per game in Josh Hart to 23.6 in Vucevic. And rebounds, he goes from 7.8 to 11.4 rebounds per game. And now I believe that this trade makes Ryan's team the best team in the league. It made every category competitive, and his assists were already elite. They got even better. And this trade, Ryan's team plus Vucevic, I know that we were getting, or like y'all were getting on him for uh, like never making moves. I, I think he's my new pick to win the, the fantasy championship. Vooch is so good and has been playing so well this entire year. And to get him basically for free this year, because I, like you're going to have to pay the price in 2022, but you literally just added a like a, a top fantasy asset in every category. And I, I think that it's going to propel him to the next level of, uh, of fantasy uh stardom i guess wow so currently so just like not that i disagree but just currently ryan is sitting as the fifth seed in his yeah. conference um mm -hmm. he, his record is 39 39 and 2 um i believe that's one two three four five six so that would be good for seventh or eighth place overall out of a 12 uh 12 man league um that's a pretty bold claim, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, when I saw this trade, um, uh, it, it did make kind of the playoff race more interesting, I would say. And we had kind of talked to Ramsey last week and, and knew, you know, he was building for the future. Uh, didn't feel like he had a total shot to be uh, anything this year. Uh, so we kind of saw this coming. Um, and Ryan, it just appears, is like going for it for this year. I wouldn't go as far as to say he's the best team in the league. I still think that like you and Bowie um, are kind of the top teams. Um, and then we kind of talked about that tier of like teams that were trying to get into the playoffs. We talked about with Zach last week. Um, I yeah. In my opinion, I think that pushes Ryan to just like the top of that tier. So maybe like that second or third tier where he's at the yeah. top now. Um, but obviously you're a little bit more bullish on that trade uh, than well, I yeah. am. Rooch is a top 20 fantasy player on the year. And so I'm going to, I'm just like going down his, his team. James Harden, insane. Top four fantasy option. Vooch, all-star. Adebayo, all-star. Jared Allen with no Andre Drummond. Amazing. Averages like 15 and 15. Brandon Ingram, all-star last year and still playing really well this year. De'Aaron Fox, uh, super high usage on the Kings and like has been playing really well. Explosive. Robert Covington, defense is coming back. He's playing some minutes at center. Harrison Barnes, having literally the best year of his career. Hmm. Victor Olipo, low, like uh, low efficiency, but still when he's out on the court, he's one of the Rockets' best players. 
Karis LeVert, if he comes back, insane. Uh, like he's gonna be yeah. a, a fine player, you know. Justin Holiday, he's probably gonna get dropped if Karis LeVert comes back, but those guys are kind of interchangeable right now. Serge Ibaka, the starting center for the Clippers, like his worst players, like Devonte Graham, who like. Sure, maybe LaMelo Ball took his spot, but I'm sure he's not going to play zero minutes the rest. Like, his whole team is so good. Like, there's not a single player that's like, oh, 20 minutes a night, maybe he'll give me, like, a couple steals and a couple assists. Like, up and down that team is just incredible fantasy talent. Yeah, it is. I do I do think that Karis LeVert provides, like, quite the X factor for uh, Ryan's team. Just because this was a guy like we have not seen him play on the Indiana Pacers yet, and he was supposed to f- yeah. kind of fill in for that Victor Oladipo role, whenever right. he was he was traded out of there. I mean, this is a guy that that averages for this year eighteen and a half points, six assists, and four and a half rebounds, and we were anticipating that he would take on probably a little bit of a bigger role yeah. um, in Indiana. So I mean, like that's. That is a huge X factor, I will say. Um, now that is a that is a guy who hasn't played in months, uh, so we'll just have to see like how long it takes for him to like get back to his Karis Levert ways, um, yeah. or if he fits in the offense like he should, you know. So uh, that to me is kind of his biggest X factor in all of it. Yeah, I feel that. So um, let's go ahead and move on to this next trade here, where we had uh, Zach and Ramsey again. Um, so Zach receives Lonzo ball and a 2021 second round pick and Ramsey, uh, receives LaMelo ball. What were your, uh, first thoughts on this trade? Yes. So, um, I thought it was interesting that Ramsey was willing to give up some of that, uh, that asset, some of those assets, some of that draft capital, uh, his second round pick specifically in 2021, but for somebody who values picks and keepers heavily, yeah, um, I think Lamelo Ball in the uh, he got drafted in the eighth round, I believe, this year. So that's shaping up to be quite the steal for a keeper league. Um, he's got like probably second round value right now in a uh, in a mock draft for twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one. I mean, so um, I don't know. I think that it makes sense if you look at it from that perspective uh, for Zach. Um, I think that this has kind of told us two things that he has started looking forward to next season. Um, I don't think that he's given up completely on this, um, but he has uh, kind of realized that if he can get a leg up for next season, maybe he, uh, he, he'll, he'll go ahead and cash in on that. And I also think that he believes that he'll be able to draft a better fantasy asset than LaMelo in the second round of next year's draft. Or in other words, like he's not really a LaMelo ball believer, quote unquote, and appears to think that LaMelo is kind of playing a bit above his actual skill level, which uh, is definitely like an argument that you can make because he's playing out of his mind right now. But um, he might just be really good. I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. I I don't know that I'd go as far as to say he's not like a LaMelo believer. I just think um, like Zach has every intention of keeping uh, – Luca and the mm-hmm. math works out to where there's no chance he can keep Luca and LaMelo. So okay. so I, I I think that it's more along those lines. Like Zach was gonna Zach kind of felt like he wasn't gonna be able to compete this year. Um uh, and he also was not gonna be able to keep LaMelo ball. And so he wanted to be able to get like a pick for 
for nothing. Like he didn't want to lose Lamelo for nothing, essentially. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I uh, I'm gonna have to do some research on the uh, the math of our keeper league because it still doesn't make very much sense to me. I'll get some uh, some off season homework. Yeah. So I, so if you take a first round pick, um, and Nick, I think we're gonna try to have Nick on the podcast next week, and we'll ask him this as well. But if you take a first okay. round pick that takes up like a significant amount of your budget for keepers that mm-hmm. the only other keepers that you can pick are going to be towards the end of the draft, like double digit round uh, picks. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, there's no chance you can pick, keep your first round pick and your eighth round pick. Um, if that okay. makes sense. So, so I think it was Zach basically just trying to receive something back. Um, I actually think this was a really good, like win, win trade for both people. As we heard from Ramsey last week, like he was already a pretty big LaMelo believer. Um, and he was talking yeah. to Zach about, hey, that's possibly should be one of your keepers. Um, and they had kind of talked about it last week of, well, he's probably not going to be able to keep him because of Luca. And so I think it was just Ramsey being proactive as far as like, he's a big LaMelo guy. He wants to get LaMelo. He's going to get him for an eighth round keeper. Uh, which is incredible value on top of all of the other picks that he already has. So um, Ramsey is building a juggernaut for next year's team. I'll just tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, going on to our last trade here, it, of course, involves Ramsey. Um, and it also involves Bobby, a.k.a. the Architect. Um, pretty easy trade. It is uh, Ramsey receives a 2022 fourth round pick and he uh, gives Bobby DeJounte Murray. Um, so this is one of those rare like pick for player trades. You typically have think, yeah. player for player. DeJounte was like a, uh, like a placeholder kind of. I don't know if Josh Hart was actually a real player that Ramsey traded for, but DeJounte was like the player placeholder that he also traded for in ESPN. So. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm reading this from Sleeper, so that doesn't even yeah. show up. But, um, yeah. So, what were your initial thoughts on the trade? Um. So, on first glance, a 2022 fourth round pick seemed like it was underselling Dejounte Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I drafted him in the middle of the sixth round this year, and he's playing around a five, uh, like a, a fifth round level this year. So a fourth, even if it's two years out, uh, it, it seems reasonable, especially when you uh, like factor in the Spurs' absences that have spiked some of the recent production that Dejounte Murray has uh, benefited from. And now Bobby, that was that was for Ramsey's team. Bobby receives um, a significant boost to steals and assists, which were two categories which uh, he was pretty weak in before the move and were kind of holding his team back, in my opinion. So I believe that this move, much like the Ramsey-Ryan trade, takes his team to an entirely new level. And I think that he now joins Bowie, Ryan, and myself in what I believe are the top four teams in this in this league moving forward. Wow. So, uh, so Ramsey really just played the the card of like hey i'll make all of your teams contenders just let me be like the greatest team ever for the next three years who is ramsey's best player now like Lamelo ball and and christian wood and then after that there is no value on his team well it's probably rj barrett if i had to guess (laughs) rj barrett is somehow still one of his worst players (laughs) (laughs) he is absolutely the worst player for sure Um, he has kevin porter on his team i think yeah, who's in the G League on the Rockets? So. It, it is That's interesting. 
It is interesting looking at his team now, like trying to guess what his keepers are going to be. If I had to guess, it's probably Lamelo and Christian Wood. Yeah, I don't think that there's any doubt. And then there's there's nobody else unless John Collins gets traded somewhere where yeah. there he's going to play forty minutes a night. I don't think that there's any doubt that it's those two. Gotcha. And then maybe like a Jay Sean Tate or or some undrafted yeah. player. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Yeah. So. um Bobby, so I will say I'm closer in agreement with what you just said for Bobby's team. Um, I think more so in line because we've seen Bobby be active um, more so than we have seen Ryan be active um, with the league. And I just think that's such a big part of it, right? Like you can you can put together this incredible roster, um, which goes a long way. Uh, but but at the end of the day, fantasy basketball is about being on top of like everything that's going on in the NBA um, and really being able to utilize your pickups. And we just haven't seen that very much from Ryan as we have seen it really for uh, for Bobby. Um, and so it would be a pretty cool like <laughs> like a oh like like an archetype, I guess, to, to see Bobby go from this guy who we didn't even really know to uh we basically created his name for him or Zach gave him the name. And then now he's like one of the better teams in our league. It's, it's really kind of a funny little arc that he's gone on. Well, if you remember, I really liked his draft. I actually picked him to win our entire league before the season even began. And so this just kind of puts the nail in the coffin of like, okay, I already like this roster. This guy's (laughs) active. And now like he's just traded for somebody that patches the holes that he needed to patch before the trade deadline like he's moving forward he's gonna be a threat for sure that's cool well that kind of wraps up our uh trade deadline bonanza now it's like a fake trade deadline because we can no longer trade picks but we can still trade players on the espn side of things i'm not exactly sure when that ends gabe are you aware no no clue okay <laughs> okay cool i don't know i might line up with the nba trend deadline which is i think march 25th but i don't actually know that for sure no idea no idea that we're, <laughs> we're just two pod uh podcast hosts that have no idea what anything this league does yeah. what happens when you're not the commissioner well that's what happens when you don't have zach <laughs> in the roll. podcast actually it's you like we just we have way more fun, but we kind of go off the rails and don't really know what we're talking does about. Does Zach actually know? Does Zach actually know, or is, does he just ask Ramsey or Nick about it? <laughs> he probably just <laughs> asked Nick, but at least he's proactive in that regard. We don't even go that far. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, let's let's go ahead and uh, let's do a little recap. So we didn't get to do um, weekly recaps last week, or I guess we did kind of one big one. Uh, for everybody but this week let's go ahead and just go through our recaps i know gabe uh has a lot more like in-depth analysis for everybody and gabe like you said um the matchups this week were super close like just all around the board uh which is three ties which was kind of crazy yeah so we'll just go ahead and start from the top here we had me versus ryan um which as we talked about last week we were kind of in that same tier prior to the trade of like teams fighting for one of those final playoff spots. I ended up taking this matchup uh, four, three, and one. Uh, and the four categories I won were free throw percentage, assists, steals, and points. The three categories that Ryan won were field goal percentage, rebounds, and blocks. And then we actually ended up tying in three pointers made. 
Um, so Gabe, what was kind of your breakdown of this matchup? Yes. Yeah, so um, I thought your team uh, played really well in the category of steals. They were first overall on the week. Um, Russell Westbrook and Jason Tatum led the way uh, with 14 steals combined, but it was really a team effort as uh, Jordan McLaughlin was the only player you played that didn't record a single steal. Um, and like I was talking about earlier, the biggest news here is that Russell Westbrook played all five games in the Wizards' five-game week, and the Wizards went three and two. He played big minutes in all of them. Um, if he can continue that, uh, he's going to be a much better fantasy asset than he has been, and uh, it bodes well for your team and your playoff hopes. Um, I also thought it was funny that your team had the highest steals in the league and the lowest blocks in the league. Yes, sir. So it's like your first team half defense like <laughs> it was it's pretty interesting to me it's it's because i'm uh, so guard heavy but yeah 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 it is uh it is funny when i uh when i saw that and then moving on to ryan uh week we uh, a week week <laughs> it was a it was a pretty weak showing in the steals category um i thought that he had some pretty uncharacteristically low steal numbers across the board uh, nobody got more than five in the entire week. Um, but like I was talking about, we we talked about, I talked about every single player on his team and why I thought that he was the best team in the league. But uh, just specifically, Harrison Barnes is having his best NBA season in his ninth year. Like he's career stat-wise is just across the board having a great, great season. Assists are up, efficiency is up. Like he's playing really, really well on this Kings team that's not even that good. So um, that's interesting to me. Uh, Victor Oladipo, when I watch the Rockets, like it just, like I, like I was talking about earlier, it just like you, like you're like the little guy, the guy laying, holding a picture frame of James Harden, like petting <laughs> it. Like that, that's me because I watched Oladipo. Is that Victor that Oladipo. SpongeBob meme? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like he's so inefficient. And I don't know if we were just spoiled with, like the abilities of of like James Harden because even on nights where he wasn't that efficient like he could still put the ball in the basket one way or the other but I do think that there's some bitterness here because I've just watched this team lose 12 straight but Hmm. like it just watching Victor Oladipo is like like he he doesn't seem like he is somebody that should be holding the load that he has unfortunately um like been uh, having to hold on this Rockets team. And then lastly, I just, I wonder what Devontae Graham's role will be when he comes back, because um, it seems like LaMelo has pretty much locked up that starting job. And there's still a chance that um, they, they uh, bring LaMelo off the bench, which I mean, would be a poor decision, but uh, it, it's a, it's still in the realm of possibility because we haven't seen um, this entire guard rotation healthy, but I wonder what that does to Malik Monk's minutes. I wonder what that does to Terry Rozier and uh, LaMelo. So it's something to keep an eye on, at least uh, in the near future when he uh, comes back. I would be, I would be floored if if they benched (laughs) LaMelo. Like, uh, honestly, like he, not only is he like playing uh, or putting up really good stats, like he is, He's actively making a difference in the winning category, which is such, which is such like a, it's so different for a rookie, right? Like we have, we've had rookies that have put up good stats, but very, very rarely do you have rookies that actually make like a huge impact in winning. 
and Lamelo has been doing just that. Like he's. I'll tell you what I've been shocked by, and I don't know. Maybe I got like, maybe I got faked out by the media or whatever. But like I, I was under the impression this guy played no defense and just like didn't care. And he's actually like a really solid defender. Like he makes the hustle plays and like I I watched a I watched a couple highlights. Um, I don't know how many Hornets games I caught this week, but um, I watched a couple highlights of just like him getting back on defense after like either a turnover or like a, a, a bad pass from a teammate. And like, there's so many times where he pokes the ball out from behind just from yeah. like a hustle play of like running back on defense. And like, he's doing the little things, which is really, really fun to see. I know that doesn't have like a huge fantasy impact. Um, oh. But I do think there's an impact from the standpoint of like when Devonte Graham comes back, that's not just his spot, <laughs> you know, like he doesn't just get that spot automatically from LaMelo. Like LaMelo has carved right. out such a good role for himself um, where oh, he's yeah. efficient. He's playing well. He can shoot like he is. a He's a knockdown shooter, man. I think I heard he's shooting like 41 percent from three since he took the sp- starting spot. So yeah. he's such a great player, man. He's he's oh. been awesome. I uh, I wholeheartedly agree with those sentiments. Sorry, got a little passionate on Lamelo, man. That was cool. Oh, he's he's really good. Um, going on to our next matchup here, we had uh Bobby, aka the Architect, versus uh Big R, uh aka the Clown, and uh we actually had a tie in this matchup, four to four. Four categories that Bobby won were free throw percentage, assists, steals, and blocks. The four categories that uh, the clown won were field goal percentage, three-pointers made, rebounds, and points. Um, what was your uh, breakdown of this one? Yeah, so I didn't have much uh, to break down in these. Um, for Bobby's team, I thought he had a decent showing across the board. And just something that I wanted to bring up is uh, – LaMarcus Aldridge is his time as an NBA starter coming to an end um, because uh, Jakob Pertle, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Has, Jakob Pertle. Uh, pretty impressive in his absence. And last game, the Aldridge came off the bench uh, and only played like 15 minutes. And so I'm wondering like, is this just like, and the Spurs are playing pretty well with, uh, <laughs> with Pertle there. And obviously yeah. like he's, he's not as good offensively but LaMarcus Aldridge is just not a great defender at this point in his career and Pirtle is is bringing that which I think at this point is um actually more beneficial to that Spurs team than Aldridge's offense or the shell of Aldridge's offense so what do you think yeah I don't know how much it really has to do with Jakob Pirtle uh, I think he's been fine in how he stood in but I think it has a lot mm-hmm. to do with Greg Popovich going away from, like, his veterans. Um, like, DeMar's been really good this year. But LaMarcus, like you mentioned, he's kind of gone away from him. And he's given he's given the ability of the young guys to really, like, take a, a much higher and better role in the offense. Mm-hmm. Like, we're seeing, we're seeing DeJounte Murray play really well. Lonnie Walker, I think, has quietly been really, really good for the Spurs. Um, Patty Mills has kind of taken on a great bench unit role and solidified their bench and uh Keldon Johnson is another one who's played really well for the Spurs so 
Um, I, in very Spurs fashion, nobody would have guessed they'd be good this year, and like they're competing and playing well. And oh, I think yeah. it's a huge testament to the uh, to the young guys on the roster uh, stepping yeah. up and playing they, well. Uh, they might sneak in and steal someone's playoff spot. They will, sure. bro. They always do. Like they're <laughs> they're just freaking spoilers. That's what they do. <laughs> But uh, then uh, moving on to Big R's team, he also had a pretty decent showing, as you will uh, probably tell from most of the ties that happened this uh, this week. But the only thing I have to say about uh, Big R's roster is that Zion Williamson is actually unstoppable oh around gosh. the rim. He, he made Rudy Gobert last night uh, like a defensive player of the year, like look like he was a little boy on the wreck. Like he... Like it, it, the he, the his ability to finish through contact is just on a level that I've never seen before, and mm-hmm. it it literally feels like he is defying the laws of physics sometimes <laughs> when he's up in the air because he's like such a built man and he just flies and hovers and it is able to finish like he's almost above the rim and is still able to like initiate contact and then finish with the offhand and like just watching him play now that he's healthy and he uh, like has his NBA legs under him a little bit is actually such a, it's so fun. It's actually so fun to watch Zion Williamson. Yeah. I still, I still think that the Pelicans are doing Zion a disservice um, by making that uh, Steven Adams trade. I love Steven Adams, but he is a terrible fit next to Zion. Um, They are, I, I will say, I don't know how much like Zion is really changing the way he's playing. I think he's gotten in a little bit better shape and conditioning wise, he's been better. But like, I think the Pelicans and Stan Van Gundy are finally done with like ramming their head against the wall. And they're finally just letting Zion be the offense, yeah. you know, like they're he's giving him the ball up the court yes, a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm with you, dude. And, but he's he's making good passes, mm-hmm. and like they're giving, they're kind of unlocking him, uh, like baby steps. But baby. I don't know, it's something that we have been begging for for a long time as fans. So a hundred percent, man. Like they're, whenever he gets the ball, like in the high post, to even like extend it out to the to the top of the three point line, like you know he's going to go left, and it's impossible for teams to stop him. Like, like oh, yeah. even if, even if you play great defense and like you have a hand in his face and like you're, you're making it hard on him and he misses the layup, he gets the offensive rebound. So like, even if you make the guy miss, he goes and gets his own miss and just stat pads and dunks it or like puts it back yeah. up. He is incredible, man. He is so, so good. You take it. You take a charge on Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah. And then tell me that you play defense on him. I know, man. The faces, um, there was like some Twitter account that like has uh the faces of all the people who like try to guard Zion and some of the no, faces whenever you. he puts his shoulder down and like drives is just so funny. Like it's all these big guys just like, What the heck is happening to me? <laughs> you know, so literally. And uh, one last thing I'll say about Big R's team is that if he could get like halfway decent production from the back half of his roster, like his his top half like his stars are actually really good and they're having really good seasons uh even fantasy wise but it's just that bottom half of his roster is just so um Depleted. so costly <laughs> when it comes to fantasy that it's causing him to maintain this losing record yep 
Moving on to our next matchup here, we have uh, Nick versus Bowie. Um, and again, this was another matchup that tied. Uh, the four categories that Nick won were free throw percentage, three-pointers made, assists, and points. Um, the four categories that Bowie won were field goal percentage, rebounds, steals, and blocks. Uh, what did you think of this matchup? Yeah, so you'll be shocked to know that uh, Bowie's team also had a decent showing across the board, much like a lot of other people. It seemed like there was a lot of close matchups, which is what I alluded to. But for Bowie's team, uh, one player that I just wanted to highlight was P.J. Washington. He had 42 points and nine rebounds, and then three points and three rebounds on back-to-back -back nights. Like, talk about somebody who is uh, as up and down as they come. He, like, played really well that, uh, that night that he had 42 points, and they were playing him at center. And then... Uh, with Cody Zeller back, um, I think that um, he he just he doesn't get the same usage or stats, but he also shot really poorly that night. And it wasn't even like a minute's difference. I think there was like an 11 or 12 minute difference in uh, in that. But I think for Bowie's team to um, like maintain that top uh, like kind of status, he needs uh, like a player like PJ Washington, Kyle Anderson, Wendell Carter, some of these like mid to bottom guys to to continue to play well or to pan out honestly um for him to co continue to compete because um a lot like my roster we had a really like positive outlook on the on the uh like playoffs but after seeing some of the rosters that were built this week um like up and down you you really need like a 13 man roster that is built top to bottom to win this league yeah, was P.J. Washington, was he the guy who, in I think his like debut game in the NBA, he had like eight threes? Do you remember that? Yeah, I think that was. I think that was him. And everybody yeah, scrambled to the waiver <laughs> yeah. wire to like pick this guy up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think he, because uh, I, uh, I remember hearing that LaMelo was like on the verge of breaking that record because it was like a rookie yeah. rookie's record. Yeah. And they were talking about how it was PJ Washington who actually set the record. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. I actually, streaky as they come. I actually remember that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, did you, did you already talk about Nick's team? I don't think so. No, no, no. Okay. So then Sorry. for Nick's team, um, the only player that I was really going to highlight here was Colin Sexton. Uh, he's really increased his volume of threes, assists, and steals lately, which makes him a much more valuable fantasy asset than when he just scores. Um, filling up, uh, I mean, obviously, Sextland, the the Cavs, they have their, uh, their offense, and Colin Sexton is going to be uh, like a high-usage, high-scoring player. But when he's able to hit the threes and get assists and steals and impact some of those other categories, he becomes a lot more um, fantasy relevant and fantasy valuable. So I thought it was good that he was doing that. And uh, hopefully he continues to do that moving forward for Nick's team. Yeah, I think one thing that concerns me on Nick's team um, is he's got like a really, a lot of really great players, but I don't know how much like like star star power nick has on his team you know which is kind of what yeah. we saw um well i guess that's what you will see whenever you trade your first round pick like if i remember right didn't you trade Bowie his first round pick i, I don't remember who it was it might have been nick i i think i think it was nick that traded his first round pick but but to put together this roster without a first round pick is pretty uh pretty awesome as well 
Um, but he's just got like super solid players. Um, I think he needs a couple of, of players to take even another step forward. Um, if he's going to compete for a championship, like I'd love him to do. Um, yeah. But like even Shea, uh, like Shea's hyper efficient and he's been really great this year. Um, but I'd love to even see him take another step forward in kind of the usage department, perhaps after like the trade deadline or something like that. So. Yeah, and I, I would probably if I was him, just looking at his roster, I'd probably go ahead and trade Ennis Cantor because you're like with this roster, you're not realistically winning rebounding most weeks because he's really your only contributor to rebounds, and so maybe trade him for somewhere else and strengthen maybe your steals or your field goal percentage or another category where you're almost competitive but not quite. Because right now, like I don't know. Eh, it's just kind of my, my two cents, my thoughts, when I look at this roster a little closer. Yeah. Going on to our next matchup here, we had uh, Gabe U versus Garrett. Uh, mm-hmm. You ended up taking this matchup 5-3. to three. Uh, The five categories that you won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounds, assists, and blocks. The three categories that Garrett won were three-pointers made, steals, and points. Uh, looks like both of y'all utilized all of your matchup acquisitions. Um, and it was, you know, a lot of the categories were really close. Uh, how do you, how do you think your team performed? Like, were you happy? Uh, yeah, the team played pretty well. Uh, Garrett and I were playing some PUBG on Sunday. And so we were talking some, uh, some smack while playing some duos, but it was fun. Cause I think we were, <laughs> we were pretty close in most categories. So it really did come down to Sunday. And then like one of his play, I don't remember who exactly it was, but a couple of his players got like nine combined steals and ended up like just smoking me and so that was that was a bit of a bummer but i ended up still pulling out the majority of the categories which was nice um my my assists were really strong uh this week first overall led by the warriors duo of draymond green and steph curry um 74 assists in four games for those two draymond is averaging eight and a half assists uh per game this year and he's actually on pace to finish the season with more assists than points which uh it's pretty incredible and then uh, OG Ananobi, he's been a bit slow coming back from injury. Um, his best fantasy category is steals, and he only had one steal in the 93 minutes that he logged this week uh, in the fantasy matchup. So uh, hoping to get him a little bit back, or back at more of a full strength here in the near future so that I can uh, continue to compete in that steals category. I uh, Going back to Garrett's team, um, I, I think a big concern for him is Paul George played better tonight, but the previous three games, his scoring had really like dropped off, yeah. um, as well as like his efficiency. Um, and we kind of, I, I, it got really highlighted. I think in that Milwaukee game, him and Kawhi combined for like, Oh, for 10 in the last five minutes of the game or something like that. But I mean, that's a real thing right and we've seen this with paul george the past probably three seasons is as the season goes along like his body just begins to break down in different mm-hmm. ways you know and, and you see the efficiency drop off like as a thunder fan i saw this firsthand you know um to yeah. where like i i don't want to like call him playoff p or whatever but i do think his body fails him a lot of times like whether it be his shoulders whether it be uh whatever it may be um he either pushes his body too hard or it just can't 
keep up with the season. Um, and you see that efficiency start to tank as the season goes along. So I do think that's a concern for Garrett moving forward. Yeah, I uh, I can see that. Uh, my biggest takeaway from Garrett's team, holy smokes, terrible field goal percentage. We were talking about rookies and yeah. their performance. Like, how bad do you think the Timberwolves wish that they had LaMelo Ball? Anthony Edwards, who is playing, I guess, fine for like what his skill set is he but he shot 27 Man. for 77 on the week 27 for 77 and he took the most shots of anyone on Garrett's team so it's just like for in in my opinion from my perspective you have Jokic who is like the most absurd fantasy god that we've <laughs> seen this year and he shoots like 60% from the field like super high efficiency from three and you're just sort of canceling it out with Anthony Edwards. And so, I mean, I know Anthony Edwards gets you some other counting stats and he's probably not just somebody that you can drop to the waiver wire, but man, it is just hard to like, Garrett should have beat me in field goal percentage this week, but Anthony Edwards single-handedly was like, nah, Took him out of it. not this week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, uh, but he was competitive in most other categories. And I will add that, uh, Seth Curry continues to struggle since coming back from from COVID. So, uh, <laughs> which is we'll crazy, bro. It, it's crazy with Steph Curry because he he was like a he was he was on pace to like have his own fifty fifty ninety five club or something yeah, like that. It seems like it seems like so long ago. I know, and then now he's like coming back from COVID and like he's having a Danny Green twenty twenty playoffs run right now. Yeah, like it's well, it just it affects people so differently. You yeah, know? like. Uh, like I like some people I like didn't Kevin Durant have COVID and he's having like an MVP caliber season or before he got injured he was and like like I don't like so many people have had it and been fine but then like I had a friend this week who like is young and he like is hospitalized with COVID and he's like Jeez. a young healthy guy I worked at a camp with and so I'm like man it really does just like it, it's not like this consistent diagnosis that you can say like oh, after two weeks, like, you have full lung capacity, your heart is fine, like, it's all the same, like, it, it it still varies person to person, so it could just be something where, like, it has some more lingering effects on uh, on someone like Seth Curry, um, and, and doesn't affect others the same way, but, yeah, definitely uh, something to keep an eye on if, uh, if these things persist. Well, that's probably a conversation for another pod, um, yeah. if we want to get in COVID talk. Um, but let's utilize that to move on to our next matchup here. Uh, we had Daniel versus Camden. Camden took this matchup five to three. The five categories that Camden won were free throw percentage, three pointers made, rebounds, blocks, and points. The three categories that Daniel won were field goal percentage, assists, and steals. Um, I know we've talked a lot about kind of both of these teams not necessarily being playoff contenders but gabe where are you at kind of with this matchup and with these teams yeah uh camden's team played well uh led by carl anthony towns i think that the uh chris finch hiring um has led to an increase in usage and assist rate um with carl anthony towns i talked about how uh chris finch had worked with Jokic, and so maybe he would get towns some more touches and uh, allow him to create a little bit more and it seems to be coming to fruition so towns who was already a pretty elite 
fantasy asset just continues to raise that ceiling a little bit. Uh, Jamal Murray playing at an extremely high level as well, fueled by, in the, in the last 10 games, he's shooting 55% from the field, 50% from three, and 91% uh, from the from the stripe. And so we're getting uh, we're getting bubble yeah. Murray, baby. Bubble Murray is playing, back playing really, really well. And it's um, I, I think it's elevated this Nuggets team to the level where we kind of expected before the season. And then uh, Buddy Heald remembered how to shoot, which was uh, cool to see because he's <laughs> had a pretty off uh, off year so far as of uh, as of this point but yeah he remember how to shoot this week and uh, he had a couple pretty good performances for that kings team so we'll see i am i'm honestly pretty surprised that luke walton is not the second coach fired this uh this season i'm surprised that it was the uh the hawks coach lloyd pierce (laughs) but uh yeah i like after they i I thought the nail in the coffin was going to be the uh the loss to that um who, who was it? It was the and one loss to the Wizards, maybe? Do you know which one I'm talking about? I don't. I don't know which okay. one. Okay, you'll have to... They were basically... They were up by four with, like, under 10 seconds left, I want to say, and somehow they lost the game, so... Let me see if I can yeah. look at their schedule while you keep going. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyways, that's uh, all I have to say about that. Um, for Daniel's team... Um, rebounds he was he was weak uh, his his team leaves a lot to be desired in the rebounding category and i just thought that this was highlighted by his third leading rebounder being kyle lowry <laughs> so that's tough it's gonna be tough to win that category uh... kyle lowry who has been mentioned in quite a few trade rumors as of late yeah that I was going to bring that up with Seth Curry because he would probably just step into the Seth Curry role. And if Seth Curry keeps playing bad, then maybe that could like Lee is his hometown, Philadelphia. You know, there's some rumor mill stuff, but I don't know. That's a conversation. NBA trade rumors are like, they're fun to speculate and talk about, but they uh, probably have like a 15 to 20% actual coming true rate. I would say, especially right now with like uh, the NBA trade trade deadline on the horizon, Mm -hmm. Uh, we're gonna get more and more um, trade rumors coming out, you know. So, um, I'm looking at the Kings' schedule. The only close game that they lost was just a few days ago to the uh, Hornets. Is that because that's that's the game? It was a Malik Monk and one. Okay, because that's the game. PJ Washington had 42. Uh, had 42. Yeah. So. I'm actually watching the highlight video here, so let me see if I can watch this and one. And uh, Malik Monk wins the game on an and one. <laughs> okay, hold on. So there's 10 seconds left. No, there's four seconds left. Uh, oh, yeah. man. That's <laughs> yeah. tough. Malik crazy. Monk drives. It's kind of a crazy drive. He, uh, yeah. he offsets his balance and just jumps right into Rashawn Holmes, it looks like. And one. That's the one. And that's the game. There you go. There you have it. Iced it. The, Iced it. So that, that's where I thought Luke Walton was getting fired that day or that hour, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm shook. I'm shook. But uh, hey, maybe they see something that I don't. I'm not in that front office. So what do I know? I do think that we should give a little bit more of a highlight to uh, Kelly Oubre. Uh, sure. I mean, we dogged on this guy 
and rightfully so like he had a terrible like beginning of the season like I think we were joking he couldn't make layups uh between him and Andrew Wiggins both like we're really really struggling Kelly Oubre has played really well uh he's providing oh, yeah. like he he's providing a borderline elite level defense on that Warriors team um and just I think it was a game this week I don't remember who they were playing but he had he had like 10 dunks in one half or something crazy like he was close to the record of number of dunks in a quarter or in a half or something like that um and and it it just shows like the Warriors are utilizing him a little bit better um and and I think he's getting more comfortable with the players he's around uh we've talked about it before but Draymond playing for this team just makes everybody else better um yeah and so i just wanted to highlight um, that because he's played better for camden and we we definitely didn't think he started the season shooting like seven percent from 30 he's <laughs> like a career 40 percent shooter or something like we knew he was gonna get better but it is nice to see it come to fruition a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly right he's having a luca level rise of the three-point shot unbelievable <laughs> um Okay, let's get into this our. Actually, go ahead. Taking a Luke, I was trying to go through the whole podcast without actually saying the word Luca. So this is actually a I apologize. unfortunate hiatus that we had to take. But yeah, Zach, this one's out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Luca, moving into our last matchup here, we've got Zach uh, versus Ramsey. They ended up tying on their matchup. So the four categories that Ramsey won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, assists, and steals. Four categories that Zach won were three-pointers made, rebounds, blocks, and points. What did you think of this matchup? Yeah, so uh, Zach had a strong showing in blocks led by Rudy Gobert and Mason Plumley, who combined for 19 blocks on the week. And I, another highlight, I know I'm just talking about minutes from uh, perpetually injured players and two of them that were involved in a trade, but John Wall played 40 minutes on the second night of a back-to-back this week so uh i think that's a pretty big takeaway for fantasy and also just for uh like nba news because both of those guys russell westbrook and john wall had been sitting back to backs and yeah i mean hamstrings and, and achilles and, and stuff that are uh just always always bothering them um it's it's nice to see that they are at, at, at as full a strength as they're going to be uh, for the rest of the season, it seems like um, it seems like those injuries have, for the most part, been put behind them. So we'll get to see uh, full potential here, hopefully, pretty soon. Um, for Ramsey, uh, he had a fine showing, especially for someone who's punted this season. But I, uh, I I do wonder if Lamelo Ball and Christian Wood can carry him to any surprise victories this season. See if he can play uh, some more spoilers. So that's about all I had for that matchup. Um. Remind me whenever we get Zach back to ask him about his profile picture because I can't seem to like open it all the way, but it's it's a Luca jersey, but it's a bald head, so I don't know if he photoshopped like Big R's head onto Luca <laughs> or something, <laughs> but it uh it looks pretty entertaining. Uh, I have to remind you. I uh, I switched mine to an Arizona Cardinals mascot <laughs> in honor of my recent Arizona slash Phoenix fandom. So that's awesome. All that's left is for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. I I don't know if I've moved all the way over from the Astros, but I did like Randy Johnson back in the day. So uh, that's know, baseball. Get the ball rolling a little bit. 
Um, going back to like fantasy, so Zach did pick up Bruce Brown, who is oh, yeah. a uh, shooting guard for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. I I don't know, like he's been playing incredible for them. Oh, with with no KD, he's amazing. <laughs> um, he it is so interesting his role. So like he is, I believe six three or six four. On offense, he is essentially the rim running big at yeah, six no, he, three or six he, four. He is literally playing the one through five for this team. I like, know he is the like like the the Swiss Army knife of Swiss Army knives for the Nets, and the like he's really good at it. Yeah, like, he's exactly. Literally so good at it. I mean, literally all he does is set screens and roll to the rim, which is just oh, yeah. like a crazy concept for a six three guard. Absolutely. And then on defense, like he'll he'll literally do that. He'll play basically center on offense. And then on defense, he picks up like the point guard, like the opposing oh, point yeah. guard or like covers up for Kyrie Irving or like whatever. Like it is it is a positional or positionless basketball at its finest. Uh and it's really yeah. exciting. The Nets are fun to watch and Bruce Brown is like honestly a super fun player to watch like if you're just if you're not focused on yes. like on ball offense or on ball defense because i mean sometimes he but he's just like like it's so unique i've never seen a player play like that and maybe it's because basketball's changed since the last time i really played competitive basketball but it's just like man it's uh, insane that they have him playing the way that he is and he's successful so yeah exactly and then for uh ramsey i'm excited uh that he continues to embrace his uh his inside thunder fandom because basically his team is the Thunder. He keeps trading away players, but he keeps performing well. Uh, so I'm, hey. I'm excited for him to, like uh, like you said, s- spoil some people down the stretch, uh, win some games he's not supposed to win, because ultimately, Ramsey, uh, you're you're probably a bigger Thunder fan than I am. So Yeah, and if I've, uh, if I've learned a couple of things in just being in a league with him, it's that he's not going to stop picking up players that you want to pick up. <laughs> just because he punted for the next season he's going to continue to pick up the player that he sees potential in just on the uh like uh, to to play a little spoiler but also to like uh to make his team relevant maybe he'll make a playoff push with the uh two two good players and the rest of his team (laughs) yeah exactly but honestly like having those people in the league is so much fun oh yeah you know if we had uh if we had like five daniels that would really suck but the competitive ante for sure exactly exactly so and i think daniel made some offseason uh not offseason some actual move let me see did he make some moves this week yeah he made two or three pickups i believe so so we're that's more than zero it's more than ryan in the right direction more than ryan um well hey did you have anything else as far as the matchups go no, nah, that's all I got, man. Well, uh, I did not fill in for Zach as far as like getting all the leaders of the week, so we'll have to uh, <laughs> we'll just have to bring in Zach next week wow. after his wedding, and uh, have him tell us about all of those. Uh, anything is he, else? Uh, going on a honeymoon, or is he getting married and uh, hitting the grind right back to it? You know, I feel like that's something I should know as somebody in yeah. his wedding party, but I have. <laughs> no idea actually funny story because i just kind of think zach probably won't listen to this podcast i actually made plans to do something on friday night which is his rehearsal dinner (laughs) and uh my wife actually had to uh remind me that we had a really important wedding this weekend 
So, uh, Zach, if you're listening to this, I apologize. If not, uh, you suck. Whatever. Yeah, he canceled the plans anyway. So. Yeah, I did cancel them. So I plan on going to your rehearsal dinner, but. Um, <laughs> for a little. Bit. I have to leave early. Yeah, I have to leave early. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, awesome. Hey, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, kind of a throwback of Cam and Gabe, just hanging out. Hey and uh, the ogs and hopefully next week i i mentioned it earlier but i think next week we're going to try to have nick on uh which that'll be really cool because he'll give us some insight not only to his team but to the league as well like i feel like he knows uh the most about it um and what it looks like going forward so that'll be a lot of fun the three variable calculus that is our keeper league yes exactly lots of high level math there so (laughs) you guys have a great week and uh we'll see you next time Take care, everybody.